Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. <laughs> Western Conference Finals, yeah. Western Conference Finals, yeah. dude. Wow, dude, dude. They did it. They did do it. They did it. They did it, dude. And you know, it's a nice feeling, dude, to be back in the Western Conference Finals for the fourth time in Sharks franchise history. Sharks have never advanced past this point. And this year, I think they have as good a shot or the best shot they've ever had dude, to possibly have the first Stanley Cup finals appearance in franchise history, dude. And it is an exciting moment for Sharks fans right now. Exciting moment. It is a very exciting moment, dude. And we should talk about how the last series ended because when we last uh, podcast... Um, the Sharks were up in the series. They were winning uh, three to two, I think, if I remember correctly, at the time of the broadcast. And we were going back to Nashville, and we were feeling pretty good. Uh, we were feeling confident because the Sharks put in a, a good win in Game Five after they had lost two in Nashville, and they won at home. That made us pretty excited, and we thought, this this is it. The Sharks are going to take this series. They're going to go into Nashville, the best road team in the NHL. They're going to go into Nashville, and they're going to tie this thing up. And what happened? They lost, dude. They lost in overtime, and um, it was a game that they led and gave away, and we haven't really seen that this team do that that often. Um, although they did it in the L.A. series, uh, but came back to win that game. Um, and it was disappointing. I think it was a, a gut-check moment for Sharks fans. Honestly, how they played in that game, I know they went 0-3 in Nashville, but they lost twice in overtime, one in triple overtime. They didn't play horribly in two of those games. They did in one. Um, they played pretty well, you know, actually, I thought in moments in game six and yeah, they lost, they lost game six, but I wasn't crushed by the effort. It was just disappointing that they couldn't close it out. I I was, uh, more disappointed than you, I guess, after game six, because they came, they went up to nothing. And at least in my view, they essentially just sort of stopped playing at that point. And the, Effort and the result of what the Sharks did after that point, at least certainly in the second and third period, was, and maybe I'm just overselling this, but to me it seemed like one of the Sharks' worst efforts this entire year. And it was was really like a miracle that they didn't just give up goal after goal after goal. I think the Sharks were over-doubled up in shots, after they were up to nothing, they were tripled up in shot attempts. 
Um, it seemed every shift was a, a dump and change. The, there was basically no offense the rest of the game. The Sharks looked completely worn out. They looked completely um, just discombobulated all over the ice. Peter DeBoer changed the lines, which actually at that point I thought hurt. I thought it got worse when he changed the lines up. And it was almost a miracle that the Sharks even made it to overtime. They scored on the power play in the third period and then quickly gave that, that lead again. Uh, and Nashville tied it late and then went on to win in overtime, fairly early in overtime. And I just thought it was such a missed opportunity. Not It wasn't one of those games where I thought the Sharks like fought hard and they lost in overtime. I thought it was one of those games where the Sharks just almost like stopped after being up by two. Am, am I am I wrong here? Did did you see it a different way? Because your description of the game seemed a little different than mine. I think the way I felt about it was it, it was not their their best effort of the playoffs, but I felt like they were in position to win, and they were in position to win multiple times. And you know, sometimes you have to win those types of games to win a Stanley Cup. Maybe games where you're greatly outplayed. But you still, they were in position to win multiple times. They should have won that game, actually. They were up, you know, 3-2 in, in the third period. They should have won. And they gave it up. Uh, yeah, dude, they were outplayed. I can't argue with you about that. Um, and it was not their best effort. But I, I didn't feel going into Game 7 like they, I still believe that they were the better team. And I think as we're going into the Blues series, although we don't have home ice, you know, knowing how well the Sharks have played at home in this playoffs, it's been a complete reversal of what it's been in the regular season. It's got to give you confidence in that respect. But uh, I was nervous about Game 7, but I didn't feel like we were not the better teams. So I did still believe it. And in game seven, it was evident who the better team was. And it's the Sharks. That's true. I, I was a lot more worried than you going into game seven. I, I was deathly afraid that we were going to see a, a, a continuation of game six where the Sharks were unable to get any offense, unable to get any possession. We're sitting there getting cycled against time after time after time. No answer. You know, leaving Colin Wilson open in the slot, things like that. And boy, it was a complete and utter reversal for the Sharks. The Sharks, to their credit, they completely changed everything about their game from Game 6 to Game 7 and dominated the game from from the drop. Scored early, scored often, scored in the first 30 seconds of Period 2, scored in the first 30 seconds of Period 3. You know, if this was one of those situations where Nashville is going to gain momentum at the period break, they, they pretty much put that to bed very, very quickly. And it was, after following up what I thought was maybe one of their worst games of the year, this was possibly their best game of the year uh, against Nashville. Every, mis- every mistake Nashville made, the Sharks made them pay. They made them pay. And and maybe we saw every the result blur, of... Every turnover. Shea Weber, maybe this is what happens when you play 30 minutes for 14 games straight. That that's true, dude. That's true, and you know, I, I think there there could be an interesting parallel as we start looking ahead to the St. Louis series. But uh, yeah, it caught up. You don't see Shea Weber make those kind of mistakes. Roman Roman Josie was making those kind of mistakes, um, and it, it it killed them. And uh, the Sharks 
buckled down. They were determined. And the way they won that game, going away with everybody just dominating the entire game, it it makes you feel confident going into this series that the Sharks are not overmatched. And the Sharks have a really good chance, dude, to be in the Stanley Cup Finals. It's not going to be easy. St. Louis is not going to roll over and die. They've played two really hard series uh, against Chicago and against Dallas. Um, and they're going to be a tough out. But I think it's possible, dude. I think it is possible as we start looking to this next series. I think you're right. And, and you know, certainly St. Louis is one of those teams that I don't know. I mean, certainly they had a lot of the choker label just like the Sharks did. Um, you know, the, the Blues did dispatch the Sharks uh, not too long ago in five games. And it was one of those years where this the Blues definitely had the Sharks number and they showed it again in the playoffs. But but this year, at least during the regular season, it was a little bit more even. They only played three times. The Sharks won twice, I think. Is that is that true? And but you know, as- yeah, the Sharks won both games in St. Louis, and St. Louis won in San Jose. So I mean, these teams are they're they're very very evenly matched. It's true, and and I think that you know Peter DeBoer says it doesn't matter what happened in the regular season. I totally agree with that. You know, this is going to be a different ball game. Uh, you know, St. Louis is a very large, very strong team. They're going to try and punish you. Uh, and and the good thing is that the Sharks are not small either. And so it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, those kinds of things that may have worked against Dallas, which were certainly a smaller and speedier team, to see if that will work, if those kinds of tactics will work against the Sharks. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see uh, what's going to happen. I, you know, I, it's it's not very likely that, for instance, Brent Burns will be dominated physically. It's just, it's kind of impossible for that to happen. I suppose, you know, it could happen. Of course it could happen. But you're talking about smaller D like Demers and Goligoski and Klingberg. You know, these are not like huge dudes. And and I think it's going to be a little bit different when they're going up against Polak and Burns and, you know, maybe Vlasic isn't big in terms of putting the body on people, but he's certainly very comfortable dealing with the largest and strongest and best players in the league. Yeah, I'm not so worried about the the pounding that, that I think the Blues might try and give the Sharks. I think the Sharks just survived that twice. I mean, the Kings play like that, Nashville plays like that. And it, we didn't really see it take a toll on the Sharks physically. I mean, maybe in Game 6, I mean, you might identify that as part part of what happened, but I think that was more of a mental lapse than a physical lapse on their part. I don't think the Sharks look tired like Nashville looked tired in Game 7. Like, I think Dallas looked tired in their Game 7, you know. Um, The thing that that is interesting to, to look at St. Louis is that, you know, they had a hard time getting rid of a Dallas team that did not have its best player. They didn't have Tyler Sagan for a single moment of that series. Yep. And St. Louis really struggled to get rid of that team. And um, and they also had maybe the worst goalie left <laughs> in the second round. Yeah. And it still took St. Louis seven games to get rid of Dallas. So, I mean, that's where I think you, you can see that there's an opening here. There's an opportunity. Dallas is – I'm sorry, St. Louis is good. 
but it's not that situation where you're you're going to play the Blackhawks and you're like, oh God, please just let us win a game or let us hang on for dear life. This isn't a situation where I'm 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 going to be going to the Western Conference Finals just hoping for a good outcome, dude. I'm going to the Western Conference Finals expecting the Sharks to go to the Stanley Cup Finals, dude. I think they have a shot, a real shot. And this is the first time in the history of the franchise where I think that's true. I, they've been big underdogs. The other three times, I think, you know, we felt nervous or I don't want to say just happy to be there, but you definitely weren't expecting it. You know, you, 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 you were hopeful, but you knew the reality of the situation. This, this is different. I think that St. Louis is good. I'm not, I'm not discounting them. I'm not, I'm not bagging on them. They're a good team. It's not going to be easy, but right. the Sharks are as good. And, you know, I don't think anyone would be surprised if the Sharks get past the Blues in this round. And I think uh, for Sharks fans, I think, I think we should expect that it can happen. It can happen, dude. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, you know, looking at this lineup, sure, there's a lot of dangerous weapons that they have, but they also have some weaknesses. You know, we've talked a lot about balance this this postseason. You know, a lot of teams have had long series. Obviously, the Blues have just come off two seven-game series. Sharks came off one given seven-game series. Um, and I'm looking at game six of the Blues and Dallas series because I think that's a sort of a better representation what the Blues will do when the games are close, right? That was a, a 3-2 win. If you look at game seven, they won by five goals. That's a, that's a game where they're going to roll all four lines all game because they're winning by a lot. So... You kind of want to see if you're going to see, okay, who are we up against here? You know, look at game six where they, they, you know, they lost the game three to two, you know, it was a close game up till the end. And so what, what, what does it look like here? So like, who are we, who are we going to be looking at a lot? We're certainly going to be looking at Alex Peter Angelo a lot. <laughs> he is going yeah, to be, I mean, he's going to be their number one player. Dude, he plays 29 minutes a night. And that's similar to the situation that Shea Weber is in. And you compare it against Brent Burns, who plays about 25. So that's a huge difference, dude. I mean, that, that's, that, that's a horse that they're going to ride Peter Angelo and Jay Bomeister into the ground. I mean, and we're going to see a lot of both of those players in all kinds of different situations. And you just got to hope that the wear and tear is going to catch up with them at some point if this is a long series, those guys might start to get tired or they might have to rely on more from some of these third pairing guys where the Sharks might be able to exploit them, which is, I think, what happened in the Nashville series. Right. And, and to that point, their third pairing right now is Gunnarsson and Bortuzzo. Uh, in that game six, Gunnarsson only pay, played 10-21 and Bortuzzo played 1145 so that's not a lot for a third pairing d i mean that's certainly below average i would say for a third pairing minutes and also the blues in that game they played their fourth line a paltry amount sort of back to the old days of the enforcer line they had a brodziak jaskin and scotty upshaw neither of them played more than six minutes none of them played more than six minutes and that might mm-hmm. be something the sharks may be able to take advantage of if you get to a long series, Steve Ott was scratched in that game. Uh, I'm going to look to see if he here played in game seven. Um, but we might be seeing uh, some Steve Ott here, which doesn't make me super excited. But the fact that they did scratch him, uh, 
makes me a little happy. Maybe they're not. Maybe he's not uh, as annoying and effective as he once was. He did play in Game Seven. He played only eight minutes. He played the least. He had yeah, the least amount dude, of ice time as anyone. We're gonna see Steve Ott. Steve <laughs> yeah. Ott. Steve Ott has been a thorn in the shark side for years, and I think Hitchcock knows that. Um, and he can be such an irritant. No, we're gonna see Steve Ott. There's there's no question about that. I mean, the, the Blues have um, 12 players who have scored five or more points in the Stanley Cup playoffs so far. The Sharks have nine. So you can say in terms of balanced scoring, you know, the Blues maybe have a little bit more of an edge, which might be surprising because I think we think the Sharks have had pretty decently balanced scoring, um, you know, in some cases. But uh, we know, of course, they've been they've really been led by their stars. But, you know, they have nine players. Bears with five or more points. I thought that was pretty good. But then when I looked at the Blues, I went, ooh, 12. Like, they really are getting contributions from all up and down their lineup, dude. Uh, both teams have the two highest scoring offensive defensemen in the playoffs so far. Shattenkirk and Burns, number one and number two. Um, that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch. Shattenkirk plays less than Burns. A lot um, less. Burns... He plays significantly less. Oh, I think we have our favorite Sharks fan walking in here, dude, to give us uh, a little bit of a a, a cheer. Uh, what would you like to say, sweetheart, to the, to, to the listeners and the fans? What would you like to say? Go Sharks! That's right. There you go. And for all the listeners who've been listening for a while, they know that ever since Maddie... Good night, honey. Uh, has been coming in the room and saying, "Go Sharks!" We continue to win. So, do we're going to continue this trend? Absolutely, we have. She to. was wearing Princess Jasmine jammies, dude, and that is good luck. I I agree. I I have that same pair. <laughs> so okay, dude. So, so we have uh, to so worry we're about Shattenkirk versus Burns. Sort of Peter Angelo is still playing a lot of power play time. He's playing as much power play time as Shattenkirk is. Um. So I'm looking at Game Seven here, which is admittedly a little bit skewed. I may go back to Game Six here, but uh, yeah, it, it's the it's the two top two top power plays in the playoffs going head to head. I mean, Sharks almost at 31 percent, the Blues at 27 and a half. Um, when the Sharks PK is at 82.3, the Blues is at 79.5. So that's kind of a wash. I mean, it's pretty darn close, dude. Two highest-scoring rookies in the playoffs with Robbie Fabry, which I think is a name that some Sharks fans might not be familiar with, but this kid is just tearing it up in the playoffs. Donskoy, second-highest-scoring rookie uh, left in the playoffs. And the goalie matchup is you know, pretty close, too. Brian Elliott, 929 save percentage, 2.29 goals allowed. Martin Jones, 2.16 goals allowed. 918 save percentage. So, I mean, Elliott's got him on save percentage, but Jones has got him on goals allowed. It's going to be interesting. And I think Brian Elliott and Joe Pavelski were teammates at Wisconsin. They were at Wisconsin. That's so right. That's, I think they're friends. That's going to be very interesting. So, um, yeah. There's no friends when you're looking for the cup, dude. That's true. That's true. I'm not saying anybody's going to take it easy on anybody, but that's just going to be kind of a. An interesting uh, situation, but yeah, the, the Blues are, are a worthy opponent. Tarasenko is obviously their leading scorer. He's a 
just a, a monster of a scorer. It's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting because the Sharks haven't, you know, up till now gone up against a top flying scorer like that, at least not in the playoffs. And so it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I mean, certainly you expect you're going to see Vlasic and, and Braun out there versus Tarasenko at all times. Um, and, but, you know, they are, like you said, they are very balanced scoring. I think I read somewhere that David Backus may actually be centering the third line. So that could be uh, pretty interesting if if uh, Backus doesn't even make it to the top six. They might have Berglund, uh, Stasny, and Backus as their top three centers. That may be their situation, which will be, could be very, uh, very difficult to match up against. Right. Uh, Tarasenko had 40 goals in the regular season, dude, 74 points. I'm, I'm taking a look here to see uh, what Tyler Toffoli had, 31 goals, 58 points. So, you know, if you're looking at their most dangerous player, Kopitar. And then, of course, for Nashville, their highest scorer was Philip Forsberg, 33 goals. Um, and he didn't do jack in the in the series. So... I think the Sharks have done pretty well in terms of neutralizing the other team's best players, while as uh, while maybe some of their supporting players for Nashville really had to come rise up and 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 be their stars in Mike Fisher and, and Colin Wilson, whereas other teams have not done a good job of shutting down Logan Couture. I mean, Logan Couture is uh, is is the best player on the Sharks right now, and Joe Pavelski is not far behind. And uh, and Brent Burns is playing outstanding as well. So uh, the Sharks' stars are playing very well, and they're still getting some good contributions from their supporting players. What you need if you're going to win the whole darn thing. That's so, right. So uh, the thing that concerns me the, the most uh, going into this series and that I don't think the Sharks can continue to get away with this, dude, the Sharks are the worst team in the playoffs in the faceoff dot. They're the worst. 16th out of 16 playoff teams. Below 50% for the for the first two series. That cannot continue if the Sharks are going to try and win this round and try and win a cup. They cannot get dominated in the dot. Yeah, I've noticed that. And the Sharks have all, you know, so traditionally been such a great faceoff team the last, you know, few years. And it seems like they've gone really cold or maybe there isn't as much emphasis put on it by this coaching staff or what have you. But you're right. It is troubling. You know, you take an ice, you have a long shift, you take an icing and you can't win. You can't win the face off. You know, the goal, that's when goals happen. You know, when you're on your second minute of shift and, and their top players are out and they've got the matchup they want and you're running around your own end. Uh, you know, that's not that's not a recipe for success. And I think, you know, there, there were certainly times where it looked like both Nashville and, and LA were able to take advantage of those kinds of situations. Right. I, I think that can't be a trend that continues dude. They've got to figure that out a way to, to avoid that, that trend right now um, against the blues. That's not a, a situation you want to put yourself in clearly. And of course, um, it's all about winning those those draws in your own zone in those exact types of situations you just described. Uh, the Sharks seem to ice the puck a lot against Nashville, 
Um, and then they would get in those situations and they wouldn't win the draws. I don't want to play that game against St. Louis. I, I hope that the Sharks are able to, to clean up that part of their game as they move deeper into the playoffs. Right, and, and I think Nashville, and I, and I definitely mean this as a compliment, Nashville was excellent at playing up to this, this line, this new line that the refs draw as to what is a penalty and what isn't, uh, what is icing and what isn't, and things like that. And I think Nashville was really very adept at, you know, the Sharks ice it but not very hard. And Nashville, they sort of skate away from the puck as it's going down the ice, and then they sort of curve back to it and get the icing call. Right. You know, they they right. do they do those uh, you know those interference type plays that you know, for instance, Brendan Dillon got called for one time, and I saw you know a few of those where Nashville pulled the same thing and didn't get called for it. They were very very good at that, um, and they were able to calibrate uh, their play to find that line. I don't know if the Sharks were quite as good at that. And it'd be interesting to see where the Blues, you know, lie on that, you know, continuum. Are they going to be able to do a little extra hooking, a little extra holding, a little more interference and not get called? Or are they going to play, you know, a little bit cleaner, which might, you know, go to the Sharks, uh, you know, benefit. But I think a lot of those uh, icing calls were more earned by Nashville than really committed by the Sharks. Uh, Quite a few of them, actually. So I thought that was interesting. We'll see. We'll see how the next series plays out in that regard. Dude, any emails? Any uh, anything? Yeah. Before we make our predictions. Yeah, dude, we have an email from Noah, uh, which is and this is the kind of email we don't get very often. And he says, Noah, may I just say I completely miscast this team. I'm he's the Stars fan issuing an apology is the subject line. Wow. I know. First time ever. Uh, I emailed earlier this season. Thought your GM was insane to continue to go for it and not to focus to build for the future. Man, was I wrong. I couldn't have imagined how fantastic a season Jumbo would have. And the man's hands are still silky at his age, and Burns had a lights-out year. I knew he would be top-notch, but he exceeded my expectations. And don't get me started about Jones. My team goes after Niemi, and you all get Martin Jones. If we had Jones, I think we may have made it past the Blues. All this, and I haven't even mentioned Pavelski yet. And to think... I still don't think you'll get past the Blues, but y'all have proved me wrong so far. Why not do it again? Good luck down the stretch, and let me go lick my wounds from being knocked out. And if y'all need goaltenders, I have two at rock-bottom prices I can offer you. <laughs> well, apology accepted, but I, I don't think there's any need to apologize because uh, we certainly didn't predict this. Uh, we didn't expect it. Which I think is maybe what makes it feel so much sweeter, dude. Um there have been years where we've expected the Sharks to make a deep run, and we've just been deeply disappointed. But I think this year we thought it was possible the Sharks making the playoffs would be a as far as they could get. And we were questioning early in the season if that was even the right strategy for this franchise. So uh, clearly we were wrong right? as well. That's right. That's right, and uh, certainly... But happily wrong. We're, we're happily wrong, and, and of course, we uh, appreciate the email from Noah, and, you know, certainly I think uh, Dallas uh, surprised a lot of people. I don't think anybody really expected Dallas to do as well as they did, except, for, of course, for me, who picked them in no. the pool. Uh, I thought they were going to huh. be the dark horse, and I was totally 100% right. Uh, 
it's a, it kind of amazing how I'm still even involved in this bet. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. But um, yeah, other than the goaltend, <laughs> other than the goaltending, I think Dallas is uh, going to be a very dangerous team if they can fix that. Um, they're going to be uh, very un- unpleasant <laughs> to play against uh, next year and the years beyond because they have some really excellent young players and they're not going anywhere. So I, I think if they can fix this goal thing problem, I could see, for instance, Dallas going after James Reimer, for instance, you know, I don't, well, then they'd have three goalies under contract, uh, you know, may, but maybe they'll buy somebody out. It, you know, it's too early to talk about this kind of stuff, but uh, you know, I, I think Dallas uh, certainly uh, went well further than most people predicted. And they gave St. Louis a very good run for their money, as you said. Without their best player, yeah, without their best player, I mean, no question. I mean, they they have nothing to be ashamed of, and they're they're in it for the long haul with with the roster that they have. So uh, nothing to worry about there, Noah. And we'll we'll see you next year, and, and let's help help will the Sharks into the next round. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin emailed in and said it's. You know, he's worried about the Blues because their D is so stingy and Elliot has been on fire, but their saving grace is that they are legit chokers, unlike the pretend chokers of the Sharks. So that's good. Uh, um, Justin also sent an email uh, recently uh, saying he's officially done with Melker Carlson, dude. I don't know if we want to spend much time with that, but is Melker Carlson uh, in danger of being out of this lineup? Is he really... uh, playing as poorly as Paul says, or yeah, as, as Justin says, excuse me. I think he had, you know, a, a bad game, like a noticeably bad game, but I don't think he's been, I don't think he's been asked to do anything where, you know, you, you would say he deserves to be out of the lineup at this time. But I think anybody in that bottom six, they're going to be evaluated on day-to-day performance. And it depends on Nieto's health, really. You know, if Matt yeah. Nieto is not able to play, which I haven't heard a recent report about where he is, but if he's unable to go, oh, then Carlson's in no danger. You know, they're not going to put Goldobin in there or Brian Lurg or someone like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you're not going to see Michael Haley. Uh, they're going to go with Carlson. So I'm not as concerned about this as uh, as Justin. Yeah, me either, and I, I think Dinah Zuber did a, a pretty bang-up job, frankly. So I'm perfectly happy with him being in the lineup as well. Sure. Um, dude, do we want to talk about predictions for this round? Sure, dude. Well, obviously we are picking the Sharks. I, you know, Certainly, I think this is going to be a long series. I would love to see the Sharks win it at home in Game 6. That would be my, my favorite thing. Of course, seeing them win it in Game 4 would be even better, but... I'm going to pick the Sharks in six because I'm I'm feeling rather optimistic at this point. Dude, I am also taking the Sharks in six. I had a moment today. I was buying playoff tickets, and I bought a ticket to game, game three. And after I bought the ticket to game three, dude, I, I felt like, I don't know if you ever get this feeling, like after you make a bad decision, like, like or that, like, you just felt like you made a choice, but you really wanted to do the other thing. But then you, you made like a choice and you're like, eh, it doesn't really feel right. Yeah. I really wanted a ticket to game six. And, and I sat there and I waited and I waited about 10 minutes. And I thought, you know what? I have to have a ticket to game six. I have to, if I don't have a ticket to game six and they punch their ticket to the Stanley cup finals and I'm not there. 
there. Yeah. I'm never going to forgive myself. Yeah. So yeah. I bought one. And um, good. I don't know, dude. I I I believe in funny feelings like that, and I'm going to roll with it. Game six, Sharks punch their ticket to their first ever Stanley Cup Finals. We will both be there, dude, and we will set downtown on fire. Not literally. Not Vancouver. Not, literally. Not like Vancouver. Not Vancouver. Yeah. That's going to be a long night, dude. That's going to be a great night, and I can't wait to share it with you, dude. And I will tell you that if the Sharks win in game six, I will openly weep, and I, and I will not be ashamed. Wow. Really? Okay. I'm I'm saving I'm saving the waterworks for the cup win I think, although I will be very uh, I don't know if I'm very be able to do excited. That. I think I I I think uh, I think it's gonna be pretty emotional, dude. I mean, I, this reminds me so much of of when the Giants made their first run to the World Series. It was just so completely unexpected, and you know you care so much about the team, but you just didn't think that this was gonna be the year. And there's just something that's happened and. It's the DeBoer bump, whatever you want to call it, dude. Right. But they've got a real shot. Well, the, the and I don't phrase think I we've keep ever coming back to you, dude. that way. I'm with you, dude. The phrase I keep coming back to is, why not the Sharks? Yeah. Why not? I mean, really, why not? Yeah. There's no perfect team left. There's yeah. no perfect team left. I mean, everybody else, the, everybody else is beatable. As good as they've been in stretches. You know, there's just no way that Tampa Bay can keep this up. Like they, they can't keep it up with all the injuries that they have. They've been playing amazing. But with Bishop being hurt now, Tyler Johnson hurt, Stamco's still not in the lineup, although I know he's trying to trying to pull it off. I mean they no I can't Strawman. see Did Strawman up? Past Did Strawman Pittsburgh, come back? but somehow they won game one. Did Strawman come back? No. He's not he didn't No, play. not yet. But I mean like, Johnson Johnson came back in close, that game, but, by the way. Yeah, I mean, but he's been banged up off and on. For a month, I mean, Tampa is they're they're existing on Motrin and you know stitches. I mean, they they're hanging on, but I just I can't see them getting past Pittsburgh. I just I don't see it. And, and you know, in terms of our bet, you know, you're guaranteed to have the Eastern Conference team, dude. But I'm guaranteed to have the Western Conference team. It's either going to be the Sharks, where the bet is off, or St. Louis, who I have. So right, um, you know. Either it's no bet, which we hope it will be no bet, or St. Louis versus one of your teams. Right, right, and and certainly I think you got to take. I, I certainly will take Pittsburgh in this series. Um, you know they they beat Washington. Um, you know the choker label is still firmly attached to the Capitals, who won the President's Trophy and could not dispatch the Penguins. Um, although the Penguins found a, a little bit of secret weapon of their own in, in their rookie goalie Matt Murray. Who is still playing over Mark Andre Fleury, who is apparently healthy at this point? Um, which is yeah. Why in- would you change anything? You, they shouldn't change anything. I, it's working. Whatever they're doing is working. So um, we'll see if they can respond and win game two. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You don't. You play the hot hand, and you know we've had a couple conversations over the years about how Fleury may not be always cracked up to be, um, and he's sort of one of those overpaid sort of barely average goaltenders that still gets five or six million dollars and and this guy is playing great and you stick with him and and by and by most accounts uh you know flurry is behind him and he's really being supportive of this kid which i think is a testament to him and certainly i know uh you know the penguins are pretty hungry uh 
here ready. They they want another one. And I'm sure Phil Kessel especially has a lot to prove, and he's been playing great. So It's going to be them. I mean, I, I'm confident of it. It's going to be the Pittsburgh Penguins, which I think would that would be incredible. But we don't want to jump ahead, dude. You would, this is going to be tough. We know it's going to be tough, and uh, it's going to be exciting to see the Sharks in the Western Conference Final for the fourth time, dude. Hopefully this is the year that they get past this obstacle and get to the cup finals, dude. Yeah, it's it's so exciting. I can't wait to watch the game tomorrow. I can't wait to be there for games three and four. It's going to be a great atmosphere. It's going to be... I mean, the, the fans were so excited, so happy to be in the arena. Um you know, people got a little bit overexcited. Some people were chanting, we want the cup, which I thought was a little premature. <laughs> but, you know, I think uh, I hope to to have some of that excitement be contagious. I mean, it's it's going to be hard because the Warriors seem to be just completely dominating uh, the landscape. But I, I see that in the coming in this round, I don't think the Sharks and the Warriors share a single game night. So I think that that works to the Sharks advantage. Yeah, um, there are still tickets available for games three and four. So, you know, Sharks fans, if you thought maybe uh, the tickets are, are gone, there are still some left. So if you're able and you have the means to do it, get down to the tank. and Let's make a difference and let's will them all the way through. Yeah, I'd like to say that the, the crowd helped the Sharks uh, win game seven, but I think it was all... All sharks, they got themselves ready to play that game, and they just beat the living crap out of out of Nashville. And that was a very cathartic uh, situation to be there. You know, so, so a lot of that choker label, I think, was washed off. I think if the sharks ended up losing that series after being up two nothing, after being up three uh, two, I think that would have been a very easily label for the media to paste on the sharks once again. You know, as a team that couldn't close against LA two years ago, as a team that was up twice, you know, in the series two different times against Nashville and could not win. Um, but the boys pulled that out, and they pulled out in a very decisive fashion. As uh, I'm, I'm still sort of savoring it a little bit. I'm still going to hold on to that win a little bit until we play tomorrow night because I, I just, uh, it was so sa- um, satisfying to see that. It was a good feeling, dude. Hopefully, the Sharks remember how it feels, and they're going to carry it in tomorrow, dude. I can't wait. Let's get going. I can't wait, dude. Western Conference Finals. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.